Uh, as you know, we have been in the book of Acts uh, this year and been kind of bouncing around uh, through the book. And last several weeks, we've been in uh, chapter 5 and chapter 6, back and forth. And uh, this morning, I'm going to preach from Acts chapter number 25. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number 12 in just a moment. And to remind you uh, that Paul is uh, he, he's in prison. He is, uh, he, he's, he's bound. Uh, he's, his desire is to get to Rome, uh, to get before Caesar. And uh, we just reminded over and over of how uh, upset uh, this religious crowd is, how upset uh, these people are that uh, Paul is preaching a risen Savior. Paul is preaching uh, salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, how upset uh, everyone is with him. And so uh, now we come to uh, Acts chapter number 25 and we read in verse number 12, then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, hast thou appealed unto Caesar? Unto Caesar shalt thou go. And after certain days, King Agrippa and Bernice came unto Caesarea to salute Festus. And when they had been there many days, Festus declared Paul's cause unto the king, saying, There is a certain man left in bonds by Felix, about whom, when I was at Jerusalem, the chief priest and the elders of the Jews informed me, desiring to have judgment against him. To whom I answered, It is not the manner of the Romans to deliver any man to die. Before that, he which is accused have the accusers face to face and have license to answer for himself concerning the crime laid against him. Therefore, when they were come hither, without any delay on the morrow, I sat on the judgment seat and commanded the man to be brought forth, against whom, when the accusers stood up, they brought none accusation of such things as I supposed. But he had certain questions against him of their own superstition, and of one Jesus, which was dead, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. And because I doubted of such manner of questions, I asked him whether he would go to Jerusalem." There be judged of these matters. But when Paul had appealed to be reserved into the hearing of Augustus, I commanded him to be kept till I might send him to Caesar. Here we find a continuation of what we have seen over the last two weeks. Paul is in custody. Much is being said about him here by Festus. And I want to draw your attention this morning to verse number 18. Against whom when the accusers stood up, they brought none accusation of such things as I supposed. This morning, I want to preach a message I've entitled, Perplexing Things About Christianity to Lost Men. Perplexing Things About Christianity to Lost Men. You know, it is not possible for lost men to understand what it's like to be saved. It's just not possible for them to understand what it's like to have that personal relationship with the Lord. Now, I praise God this morning they can know that. I praise God this morning that if they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they can be saved just like you and I were saved. But there's some perplexing things about Christianity to the lost that I want us to see this morning. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that in the time we have remaining, we'll give our full attention to the Word of God. We'll give our full attention to the Holy Spirit this morning. I pray that he'll be our teacher, be our instructor. I pray this morning that uh, those of us that are saved will be encouraged uh, by what we hear. May we be challenged by what we hear this morning. I pray also if there's one here lost, 
May they put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. May we be helped by the message today. May we be encouraged, convicted, challenged, and may the Lord be honored and magnified. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Interesting passage of Scripture here, if we're not careful, will be tucked in with everything else that we see. We find it in verse number 20. And because I doubted of such manner of questions, uh, it had to be an interesting time for Festus. Uh, last uh, week, if you remember, I preached on uh, the uh, man Caesar's judgment seat or, or the judgment seat of Christ and how one day Christians were going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and that should be our determining uh, a factor. That should be our motivator, not the judgment seat of men. But Paul is appearing before the judgment seat of men. Can you imagine? I kind of imagine it this way, that Festus, he gets the agenda for the day, and he begins reading uh, who, who, who is there. And uh, he says that he, he, he had conferred with the council in verse 12. Uh, Has this appealed unto Caesar? Well, under Caesar, you should go. And as he begins to read of the accusations and see the accusations against this man, uh, he says in verse 18, it's not such things I suppose. This isn't what I thought I was going to hear today. He says in verse number 20, because I doubted of such manner of questions. Well, he said, this can't be right. This man is in custody because of these accusations. You've appealed unto Caesar. If you, if you go back and read uh, the prior chapter, you'll see that it was very probable that Paul could have been released, but he's still in custody because of what they were upset about because he's preaching a risen Savior, uh, because he has said there's, uh, that the law is not going to say this can't be right. Can you imagine the criminals that must have appeared before that judgment seat? Can you imagine just the routine of, okay, what did this one do? What did this one do? And then here comes this one named Paul, and he's in custody because of What? His, what's not like us in verse 16 is not the man of the Romans to not let him uh, just to deliver a man to die without uh, hearing the evidence and facing the accusers. He's here because of what? It was perplexing to him to think that a man would be in custody because of these accusations. But what was also perplexing to him is that Paul, who could have been released, said, nope, I want to go all the way to Caesar." Now, you and I, we understand why Paul wanted to get to Caesar's because Paul had a prayer and a desire to preach the gospel in Rome, and that was his heart's desire, and he was holding to that promise and that hope, and that's what he wanted. But to a lost man, to a pagan man, I don't understand why he is here. And more than that, I don't understand why he's still here, and he is going to, in verse 20, or chapter 26, he is going to appear before the king. There's some things I'm reminded of when I consider this passage of Scripture that is very similar to what we as Christians face in this world. There are things that are perplexing to this world about Christianity. I believe that this, the world acts many times like they must have acted in this day, uh, with that we don't understand uh, why he would believe that way. We don't understand why he would hold to this. We don't understand why all these people are upset with him. Uh, this world, I believe, gets perplexed when it gets around a true born-again believer. 
Sometimes a a new convert, somebody who uh, trusts Christ as their Savior, when uh, their family begins to see the change in them and those that work begin to see the change in them, it's perplexing to them. I don't understand what has happened to you. I don't understand the change that has been made. We used to do this, and now you don't want to do it anymore. You used to talk this way, and now you don't talk this way anymore. And the only thing different about you is you started to go in their church. I'm perplexed. And why you've changed the way you've changed. I'm perplexed as to why you hold to the things that you believe. I believe that Christians, as we go about our weekly routine, where we get in our job place, we get interact out in society, there are people, and as our world gets further and further away from God. And let me just say this morning, I'm excited about what God is doing in our church. I'm excited about what God is doing in other churches around the country and even around the world. It is obvious that God is still at work. But let me remind you, our nation is still a long way from God. And there is an element in our nation that hates God and hates the things of God. And they look at us poor uh, Christians who have been in their mind deceived and duped, uh, and we, we are weak-minded. Look, say, I don't understand why you would give up a sun, every single Sunday, and now you got one of those crazy preachers that wants you to come back on Sunday night, and you got a pastor, what is he? He controls every aspect of your life. you got to be there all week long. They just don't understand. Our church, we could put it like this, they don't understand why we'd have church in a tent. They don't understand why we'd have Three Sunday morning services. I still don't understand that, but they they don't understand why we would navigate the terrain during the torrential rainstorms. And some of you are still wondering that yourselves. But there are some things that I'm reminded of that is perplexing to people who are lost. And I think it's good for us to be reminded this morning. And we find here in this passage of Scripture the case with the Apostle Paul. I'll mention just a few things this morning, but I find what was perplexing to Festus there is he just didn't understand the magnificence of Jesus Christ. In this lost world, they just don't understand Jesus. You say, but what Jesus has talked about, and I know there are a lot of religious people, they, they have their crucifix with Jesus on the cross, and they like to talk about Jesus. It's, it's a lot different talking about him than it is personally knowing him. It's a lot different believing and, and hearing other people talk about him than, than actually knowing him. See, Paul knew the Lord Jesus Christ. Festus did not. Paul had a personal relationship with him. Can I just say this morning, it is not possible for a man who has never received the Lord Jesus Christ to understand the peace that comes with knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not possible for this lost world to understand our dedication to Him, our love for Him, our appreciation for what He has done for us if they do not know Him. Now I think it's important for you and I to be reminded, we just look at a lost man and we say, why in the world don't you know what we know? We didn't know it before we trusted Jesus Christ. We didn't know it before we accepted His payment on the cross of Calvary. And they did not understand His loyalty. They did not understand His dedication because they did not understand the magnificence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, you cannot please this world. You can't 
cannot help everybody who has not accepted Jesus understand why we as a child of God do what we do. It is not possible because they don't understand how wonderful it is to know the Lord Jesus. I think about Jesus. He's my Savior. Until you know Him as your personal Savior, you just don't understand what that means. You don't understand the importance, the bigness of that. Friend, this morning, if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, well, I've got good news for you. Jesus died for all men so that all might be saved. And you may have come in and said, I've never been under a tent like this before, and I don't even know why I'm here, and and, and I don't know what I've got myself into. I promise you, nobody will handle snakes today. I I I promise you that. We're under a tent, but nobody's handling snakes today. Certainly, you don't ever have to worry about your, your pastor going contemporary or being a snake handler. I promise you that. Those two things are never happening. But anyway, you don't understand. If you understand the Lord, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, You've seen his magnificence. People don't understand. They get perplexed at why we do as a Christian some of the things we do because they don't understand what a friend Jesus is. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Well, he is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's the friend that's always there in the darkest hour. Boy, this Festus, he had to be perplexed in being understanding a little bit of the, the, the Jews and the Jewish law and these accusations that they were making against Paul. And he certainly didn't understand that and, and what the, 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 the priest had been saying and that, that, high, that human man that had the, high, the title of high priest. But what he didn't understand is now Paul had Jesus Christ as his high priest and Paul had seen the magnificence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And friend, this world just does not understand what it's like to know Jesus and know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And friend, let me remind you this morning, it doesn't matter what this world does or where this world might go, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, that is something that cannot be taken from you. It is something that we have this morning, the magnificence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yesterday morning, I stopped about lunchtime to just grab something quick to eat. And I parked in, and uh, an elderly couple came out of the fast food place I stopped at. You might have heard of it or guessed where it might have been, but they, 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 had, uh, they began to, to come out, and, and uh, he had a SUV a little bit like my, similar to, to, to what I was driving, and, and uh, he said, Hey, I'll, I'll trade you. And I said, trade me what? Vehicles. He says, this has been a good one. He was an older man. He's about this tall. But he was wearing a Vietnam veteran hat. So we, we chatted for just a minute, just, just a kind man. We, we cut up a little bit. And I said, hey, thank you for serving. And he reached out and he grabbed my hand. And he held my hand. And he said, you're welcome. When I walked away from it, I thought about it, and boy, I thank God for our military, and I thank God for our veterans, and I thank God for those who have paid a dear price so we can have the freedom to do what we're doing right now. Well, I, I, I just, I, I don't want to be political this morning, but I just, I, I just don't have any tolerance, really, or use, if I can say it that way, for politicians or otherwise who 
want to disrespect the sacrifice of generations. And I'll just say this this morning, and if, if it bothers you, you'll just have to forgive me this morning. We have an election coming up, and if, if you, you need to vote in it, and if, and if you, need to, you need help with how to vote this morning, I, I can't tell you how to vote, just don't, don't vote Democrat. I, I can't, I, other than that, I can't, I can't help you. I'm just not going to vote for anybody who thinks it's okay to murder unborn children. I'm not going to vote for anybody who wants to... I love reading history. And I, I've read all of... I've read history of the sacrifice of 18 and 19-year-old men who lay down their life so that we have freedom today. It's, it's a disservice to forget that. I think you know where I'm going this morning. I'm thankful for those who, are, who died and were willing to die so that I could have freedom this morning. But I, I tell you this morning, I'm very, very thankful for a God who has sent His Son to die to pay for my sins, to die to pay for your sins. You say, I don't understand why you get all emotional about that. Well, you might have to get born again to understand why you get all emotional about that, realizing that there's a hell prepared for devil and his angels, and I'll never have to spend a moment there, not because of my goodness, but because of the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am a sinner just like every man born. I deserve to pay for my sins, but there is one named Jesus Christ who left heaven, came to this earth to pay my sin debt so that I never have to spend a moment there. And friend, a lost man, just you just don't understand that. You don't understand what it means to go to bed at night knowing that your sins have been forgiving and knowing that it was something that you received that you did not deserve. That is what Paul understood. I was lost in my religion. I was lost in my sins, but now I'm saved. Now I'm free. And Festus, he just didn't understand it. I don't understand why this man's here. He didn't understand the magnificence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He also did not understand about Christianity and the faith in Christ. It's transforming power. In Acts chapter number 26, and we've been reminded of this several times in, in the book of Acts this year. In Acts 26, he's going, Paul's going to appear before the king. And he's going to give his testimony once again. And then let me remind you this morning in verses 9 through 11, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. He's telling the king, this, I, 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 was, I was working against Jesus of Nazareth. I put him to death, and I was the one giving testimony. It was my testimony that took their life. And I punished, verse 11, them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even under strange cities. This is who Paul was. Now he's the one in chains. Because of meeting the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You might say, well, he went from the one uh, uh, putting people in jail to the one in jail. How is that a better situation? Oh, it's a much better situation because he is persecuting the Lord Jesus Christ and persecuting those that believed in him. And now that he met Jesus on that Damascus road, uh, he has been transformed from the murderer. He has been transformed from the false accuser to the one now who is trying to win the very people who were accusing him, trying to reach the very ones who have him in prison. It had completely transformed his life. One thing I think that we often as Christians have to be very, very careful of, we get saved and we begin to grow in our Christian life and we get closer and closer to the Lord. And that, that's certainly our goal is to be more like Christ and to, to draw closer to Him. But we get further and further away from what we used to be. And Sometimes Christians, they get derailed in their Christian life. They end up falling and stumbling and it's because... They think it has something to do with them. For let me, every day, let me tell you how to stay close to the Lord. Every day you get up and you're just reminded of what you were and what He, what he, what he transforms you. We, 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 people get saved. They, they begin coming to church. They begin growing. Or, or they come back to the Lord and they, they say, I'm going to get things established. And they look around at, at our people. And they look around at all of the Christians who are here and they say, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know if I can measure up. And I say something like this. If you knew what I knew. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is all of us would have to give testimony of what God did in us. Not what we did with ourselves. Friend, we'd be lost without him. And some things that perplex the world. Why would you want to dedicate yourself? And why, why would you want to uh, give your every, every, every Sunday? Why would you want to be at church and special meetings and 10% of your income? Oh yeah, it's not 10%. That's where we start. On top of that, we give the missions. On top of that, if you knew our pastor, there's like 12 things we do on top of the 10%, that's where we start. Why in the world would you do that? You could afford a nicer house. You could afford a nicer car. You could afford nicer things. And I'm certainly for all of those things. But what people do not understand is God has transformed us. He's changed us. He's given us a new heart. And the lost man just can't understand that. That's why it's important that a Christian is to come out of this world and be separate. We're not to act like the world. We're not to talk like the world. We're not to look like the world. Because they say, well, the world don't understand. I want to make them feel at ease. No, I want them to ask, what is different about you? What, what, what is the secret? Friend, you've got to meet Jesus. Because of the transformation He can make in your life. What, what a testimony for you and I today of not of Paul's character, but of a good God who can transform a life. This world is just perplexed at Christianity. It's much because of the magnificence of Jesus Christ, but also its transforming power. But thirdly, this morning, it's the faith of its followers. You know, there's two things that Satan cannot overcome. He can't overcome the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He just can't overcome it. 
He's defeated by what Jesus, the finished work of Calvary. He cannot overcome the the applied blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He can't overcome it. But he cannot overcome a Christian that just will not quit. The ones who have such a faith in God. I know what God has done for me. I know the magnificence. I've experienced the wonder and magnificence of the Lord Jesus Christ in my own life. I I, I see how he's transformed me. The faith I have in my God. A faith I have in the word of God. Even in religious circles today, people don't understand a Christian that says, can you explain to me why you do what the Bible says? I just believe it. Well, can you explain it? I can't really explain a whole lot about it, but I can tell you this. Every time I've ever put my faith in God, He's come through for me. Every time I've challenged one of His principles, He has fulfilled it. I can't explain that. All I know is I enjoy the reality of it, having a faith in God. This world just doesn't understand it. They don't understand it. Christian, don't don't put your faith in the approval of men. Don't put your faith in society. Put your faith in a never-changing God with an everlasting book. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They perplex. Can you think about how Festus must have looked at Paul? Why are you here? We find the end of the text. Okay. You appealed to Caesar, so I'm going to send you home. He had to be thinking, you could have been out of here. You are willing to go all the way to Caesar simply because they have made all these accusations about you causing trouble in their places of worship, you causing all of this, and I could have cut you loose because... We want you to have to at least face your accuser. You want to at least have to face these. That's just the way we do things. But you want to appeal and go to, okay, I'll send you on. How perplexing it had to be for him. Why in the world are you here? He didn't understand the faith of that man, Paul. Christian, don't be discouraged when you have family members that just don't understand you. Some of you have been married for 50 years and you still don't understand. Anyway, don't be perplexed. When the people you work with, they just don't understand. Don't get mad at them. Don't get angry at them. They can't understand. You and I have to understand there's things that, this, that Christianity perplexes this world. And one of them is the faith of a believer. The faith in their God. The faith and the willingness to go against the trends of society because simply because God has said or, or we trust the Word of God. Man just doesn't understand that. This world just doesn't understand that. They're perplexed by it because of faith in God. Friend, have faith in God. Believe God. Believe in the Word of God. And fourthly, we see this morning, men are perplexed by the rejection of established religion. Think about the Apostle Paul. He was born into religion. See, as a, as, a, as a Jew, you were born into the right religion. You were born into the law. But Jesus came and replaced the law, and you had to be born again. You remember the conversation with Nicodemus? 
That, that ruler of the Jews, that one who was that religious teacher, that Pharisee, said, no, 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 you have to be born again. Well, I've already been born. I've been born into the religion. I've been born into it. No, you've got to be born again through the, through the applied blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here we have the rejection of established religion. Paul was born into it, but he rejected it. He was a Pharisee. We, we, we look at that term as Christians as a negative term, and, and rightly so. And you say, we, well, I don't want to be labeled a Pharisee. And these Pharisees, we know it was the Pharisees who rose up against Jesus. Uh, he was born, though, into this sect, into being a, he was a born into, uh, he is a son of a Pharisee. He became a Pharisee, and he rejected that. He had the favor of the church. He had the approval of the church. He had the backing of the church to arrest, to kill, to disrupt. He had the favor of the church. But what did he do? He rejected that. He had religious status, but he rejected it. Friend, it's more important for you to have the right standing with God than it is for you to have a right standing in a religion, in a church. It's more important for you to have favor before a holy and a righteous God than it is for you to have favor of men. He rejected his religious status. He rejected the popularity of established religion. He rejected the ease of status quo. Paul, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, before he accepted Christ, before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, before he had that encounter with Jesus, he, he was a very religious man. He was a somebody in religion. He had the backing of the church. He was, he was known. He had favor. And he, now he's traded all of that for imprisonment. He's, in traded, he's traded all of that for beatings. He's traded all of that for persecution. He's traded all of that for what will eventually take his life. In a lost world, a lost man scratches his head and says, why in the world would you trade that favor for some persecution? Why in the world would you trade uh, that standing in society and that standing in religion, religion for some persecution? Why would you trade it? And friend, this lost world does not understand. But if you met Jesus, you'd understand. That religion just is not enough. Where we as Christians, where we fail, is we try and explain in ways that a lost man cannot understand. Well, well, I don't want to offend. Let me clarify. Well, I, I, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Unless somebody is convicted by the Holy Spirit of God. Today we live in a day where we say, well, we don't want to offend anybody. They have all these different religions, friend. It is the same way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It is still the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't trick somebody into trusting Jesus. You can't coax them into trusting Jesus. That's why in chapter 26, when Paul gets before Agrippa, he says, I think myself happy. 
That's the only thing that makes me question him being an independent Baptist. Is, he says, I think myself happy, King Agrippa. He begins to tell his personal testimony. This is what I was. This is, what, this is who I met. There's a very pa- famous passage of Scripture where the king says, Almost thou persuadest me. Almost thou persuadest me. What a sad commentary. But you know what that proves? That proves that you can't talk somebody into salvation. They've got to choose the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're not careful, and so many have done this, they've tried to, and that's where we get into some of these things I've been teaching on Wednesday night. They try and package Jesus in a way that He'll be appealing to this world. Friend, this world's not going to understand why you and I, as a child of God, do the things we do. If they receive the Lord Jesus Christ, they'd understand. If they accepted that payment on Calvary, they'd understand the burden that would be lifted. That as they grow as a Christian, and that's why I encourage new converts, you just keep coming, you just keep growing, you just stay in the Word of God, don't miss the service, and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, He'll continue to be your teacher, and God will change you from the inside out. We, we can't... We can't because the world, they just sees the out. And that's where so many, they misquote, they get this, this scripture out of context. Well, God sees the, uh, sees the heart. Only man sees the outward appearance because it's really what's going on in here. So it doesn't matter what goes. No, no, you're getting it backwards. See, man can only see what goes on, on, on the outside. And as God begins to change the inside, it changes the outside, our, our demeanor, our spirit, our words, the places we go, everything about us, God changes. This world does not understand that because it's content with changing some things on the outside. And that's why you have all of these self-help programs uh, uh, rising up and you got to go through all of these things. But friend, if you just meet the Lord Jesus Christ, it would change you from the inside inside and begin to work its way to change you on the outside and friend this morning the lost world just does not understand that's why it's important for you and I to grow in grace it's important for you and I to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ I was thinking this past week of the hurt and the tragedy that's in our world People are hurting. Tragedy, sickness, the shooting that took place yesterday. People are looking for everything out in this world to help them and to take care of them. And friend, you and I know that it's the Lord Jesus Christ where help can be found. This world looks and is perplexed. That's why Christians, especially those that believe like we believe, we still believe this is our standard. We still believe the Word of God. We still believe that there's, there Jesus is coming again. We still believe that salvation is by grace. We believe that a, Christ, that a believer, because we are separated unto God, we should act that way, talk that way, live that way. Those that believe like we believe. That's why sometimes we get labeled as fanatics as extremist. It's amazing. There are independent Baptists who are labeling those that believe like we believe, other independent, as extremists because we'll not stray from this book. So why does that happen? 
lost world can't understand some things about Christianity, about knowing God, about believing this book. Christian, don't let the external pressure of this world have you give up your faith, have you give up your beliefs, change your direction from following the Word of God to following the things of this world. They just don't understand. So what are we to do? We're to live, just like I taught in Sunday school, let's, let's meet with God every day face to face. Let's draw closer and closer and closer to Him to do our best to become more like our Savior. Be a witness to those around us. Say, oh, Pastor, if they're not going to understand, well, no, I believe the Holy Spirit can do things. The Holy Spirit can put people under conviction. The Holy Spirit can use your life, your witness, for others to be saved. This morning, why don't we rejoice in the magnificence of Jesus Christ? We've got too many complaining Christians. Too many complaining Christians. You know, as a pastor, you walk around and you talk to people, and it's like, oh, how are you doing today? It's like, man, I shouldn't have asked them that. <laughs> he seems like, hey, oh, I almost forgot. I'm not supposed to ask you how you're doing. No, if I ask, two of your dads like, he asked me this morning. What is he thinking about? I, I, I want to know what's going on with you. I want to pray for you. There's a difference in having a real need and just being a complainer. Sometimes I want to scratch my head and say, have you talked to God today? I mean, I don't think I'm dressed like a priest up here. You don't need to be confessing things to me. I mean, go to God. Let's remember how good God is to us. Pastor, I'm, I'm dealing with some burdens, and some of you are dealing with some very serious matters in your life, in your health. Let me remind you this morning that you've got a God that loves you. If you ever question that, let me remind you of the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world. If you've got Jesus, you've got all you need. You've got enough. Our job is not to convince this world of anything. Our responsibility as a Christian is just every day fellowship with my God, draw closer to Him. Along the way, let me tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me remind you why Paul was in prison in the first place. Because he was preaching a risen Savior. He talked to them in the marketplace. He talked to them house to house. He went to their synagogue and talked to them. He took go to their places of worship and talked to them. What did he talk about? He talked about the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's a change that God can make. That's a change. Do we need more social programs? No. We need more churches. We need more Christians who are determined to live by faith. Because the only thing that are going to change the neighborhoods, change the communities, change the cities in our nation is the Lord Jesus Christ. He can make the difference. Father.